Hi, I'm Allison. And I'm Lori. And this is A Grave Mistake. Nutmeg is here, and she brought her roommate's dog that she's dog-sitting. Yeah. So I sent a text to my husband, who does not want any more dogs, saying that I found a dog, and now he's losing his mind. <laughs> Got a text, you stole someone's dog? <laughs> oh, so I'm just waiting to get another text no from response. him, but no, no response. Where did you find that dog? <laughs> Do I feel me? I know. Walking around the house. Like, he's, so, he's so mad. I'll tell him eventually. Yeah. I, I, I let oh. him wait it out a little yeah. bit. Yeah. I come home and I don't have a dog. I'm like, I'm just messing with you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Keep it going. <laughs> he's going to be so pissed. Then he'll be mad. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But he can do stuff like that to me. No problem. Of course. So. Oh, All right. So today we're going to discuss the mm. phantom killer. Oh. Which, seriously. Seriously. Now? Whoa. All right. So now they made a movie about this. So this is obviously true crime, right? Okay. They made a movie about it called The Town That Feared Sundown. And mm. I think it was in the 70s, and I didn't watch that one. I've heard reviews probably, of it. And just, I probably wouldn't remember. I don't think you, don't you, don't, you don't watch horror movies. True, I do not. You don't. They well, scare you, with, they with, scare you um, too much. Oh, yeah. Dollface? Dollface, yeah. She's always been dollface for me, though. But, yeah, um, but she always makes me go to those spooky movies with her. Movies. Yeah, we do. I have to okay, see I gotta re- Oh, wait, we're back. Oh. <laughs> wait, we're back. I had to oh. pause just to make sure it was sounding right, but I didn't realize. Anyways. You were back. You were back. Yeah. But, um, yeah. so, okay, so then there's, there's a second movie, but it's kind of like a remake. Okay. And I think it was, it was done like the early... 2000, I want to say 2009 for some reason, oh. and it was weird because it is, so it's like a sequel, but then some of the killings are the same as in the first, first one. one, which is... So it's not a sequel. That's why I'm saying it's weird. Okay. But, so the scariest thing about this movie is that the killer shares a name with my husband. Oh. <laughs> Spoiler alert, but I mean, come on, if you haven't seen it yet, You're don't bother. <laughs> don't bother. Which, I was watching it, and I'm like, wait. <laughs> I kind of had to do, like, a double take. And then I had to go back and check through the, um, like, the credits, or, like, on my phone. I'm like, yeah, sure shit. Same name as my husband. So this killer is the same name? As the same name as, yeah, as Corey. Is this killer dead? In, no, no, in the movie. In the second sort of sequel movie. But it's a real story, though. Well, it's based off so a true story so basically it's roughly based so murders happen <laughs> that's all that is but the murderers but the murder no same. well they didn't they really should be they didn't really catch see the murder oh. in the second movie is okay well let's just go with it all right so we're in texarkana it's one city that's split between two states which is weird mm-hmm. so it's 
part of the city's in Texas, part is in Arkansas. And they are on like the Louisiana border. That's why it's Texarkana. I don't know. Jeez. Yeah. So, but each one has its own mayor, its own police department, their own local government, their own fire department, but it's one city, which I don't understand that is it. Weird. It's a very like, sleepy town. Not much happened here. And this was in 1946. Mm. So, we're going to go a little back. So when things were kind of nice, not maybe not so violent as they are now. Not. This is February 22nd, 1946. We have Jimmy Hollis, who's 25, and Mary Jean Larry, 19. They went on a double date with Jimmy's brother, Bob, and the girlfriend. Bob. Bob. So Jimmy and Mary, they were married to other people at the time, but they were both in the process of getting divorced. <laughs> 19-year-old, oh. married but getting divorced. Dating someone else. Yeah, poor life choices. Didn't you learn your lesson? Right? Just one one and done, lady. One and done. So they all went to a theater to see a movie. And at the time, this is a big event. We're talking like coats and ties, women in dresses Mm -hmm. and heels. And they had sometimes like gloves. Yeah, it was a big thing. Yeah, it was a big, it was a big to do. It was nice though, kind of, you know, getting dressed up for the movie. Not, you know, like some of these people look like slobs. I do. Look like they just got out of bed. (laughs) With their pajamas on. This and... is how I'm going to the movies today. So, all fancy, right? Uh-huh. Jimmy dropped Bob and his girlfriend off at home after the movies. Okay. And then he parked on a dirt lane, like a lover's lane oh, kind of thing. Boy. Where he and Mary talked a bit. He even sang to Mary. Oh, my which, gosh. Which, <laughs> no, no. I would <laughs> look at... See that? I'd be like, I gotta go. What the hell's wrong with you? Right. I'm like, mm, well, <coughs> this date's over. Like, All right, well, nuts. please take me home. Oh my God. He got out of the car to look at the what do you stars. Do? What I don't do you know. Do you just stare at him while he's singing to you? Do you look? Do I don't you know. Look? You just sit there, like, hmm. just rubbing your forehead, like, oh, get me out of here. How do I get out of this? Gee whiz. Like, okay. oh, and then he tries to kiss me. Oh. Oh, yeah. I'm going to do with this weirdo. Dude. <laughs> so. Oh, then he's stargazing? Yeah, now he's stargazing. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. out of nowhere, Uh-oh. a flashlight beam switched on in his eyes, blinding him. Jeez. He saw what appeared to be a pistol pointing at him. And the stranger said, take off your fucking pants. Ew. To this, him? Yeah. Okay, wait, where is she at this time? In the she's... car, I think. Oh, he Or, no, actually, no, no, they were... I don't know if she was in the car and next to him. I don't know. Ooh, okay, wait. But, so a stranger gets in his face, right? Oh, boy. Says, take off your fucking pants, which confused Jimmy. Yeah. He's like, ah, oh. he's like, dude, you got the wrong guy. I'm not into that. <laughs> and the stranger said, I don't want to kill you, fellow. And told him to take off his pants again. Okay. And so Jimmy, oh, Jimmy, asked himself, what would Dick Tracy do? Oh, because that was big at the time. Dick Tracy. I used to, oh, with that remake with Madonna, I was obsessed wait, with that when Dick I was a Tracy. kid. Dick Tracy. Was he real or just a cartoon? It was a movie. Or a I know. I don't know. Well, was Dick Tracy no, like Dick a Tracy real person? No, Dick Tracy was not real, no. Oh. But he thought to himself, kind of like, what would Batman do? I so know. he thought to himself, what would Dick Tracy do? Oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah. Jimmy was taking off his pants, Uh-oh. and the stranger hit him head with, hit him head. Hit him head. Hit him head. Hit him in the head with a heavy, blunt object, like a oh. pipe. Or a barrel of a gun. Ah. Jimmy fell to the ground and it lost oh. his glasses. Oh, his glasses boy. Off, which Jimmy. sucks. Yeah. I understand. I would be blind without mine. Oh. The stranger then kicked him in the chest and in the head. Holy crap. And there were metal cleats 
on his shoes or boots. Then? Just, just to kind of get him down there? Maybe. Maybe. Ooh, or just, I don't know. Tactic. I don't really know. But but this attacker had cleats on his shoes or boots. Oh, so when he was kicking them, yeah, oh, that's not good. Ooh. Mary heard Jimmy's skull cracking. Okay, wait. Where was she at this point in the I car? don't know. It doesn't say. It's unclear. So okay. the book I read, and I'm going to put that in the notes, was um, the, the sheriff at the time was written by his grandson. But um, so Mary heard oh, Jimmy's skull cracking, and she thought he had been shot. She was in the car. Look at that. I have that in my notes. Okay. So <laughs> she's just watching she's like, I guess. She got out of the car. And, oh, no. And she pulled Jimmy's wallet out of his pants. Like the pants pocket, and she yeah. said, "Here, he doesn't have any money, <laughs> but you can have but, a wallet." And he told, her, "Well, he told her she was lying." So she opened the wallet. She's like, "Look, dude, got no money." The stranger then asked where her purse was, and she said she was on a date. She didn't have one. Which good luck with that today, ladies. No, my lipstick. I would never. I would never mm-hmm. not oh have gun. some sort of backup. Just kidding. Well, yeah, yeah that, you never know. Right? Absolutely. These people are crazy. I would not True. want a date nowadays. No, I'm already. I'm thin ice with my husband. <laughs> he texts back, is she fixed? I'm like, I don't know. How would I know? He's so serious. He's so serious about this. He's always fuming. Okay. That's sorry. Yes. I know. He's a real wise ass. Yeah. yeah. So it's funny. All right. So she showed the stranger the wallet. And she's like, here, dude, nothing. She doesn't have a purse. Wait, he did all this to rob them? Well, just lady. Okay. <laughs> So the stranger then hit her in the head with bitch some some item, and then told her to run. Which, wow, you just so, hit me in the well, head. Well, just wait, just wait. So then I'm freaking dizzy. Well, right, Mary took off, you know, in one direction. The stranger's like, no, not that way. Go up the road, which is weird. So he turned then turned back to beating and stomping on Jimmy. I thought Jimmy is a head. What cracked? Well, yeah, but you can still be alive when you're skull. He didn't, heard, sma- he didn't bash his skull in. I thought she heard it crack. Yeah, your skull can crack, and you can still live. Okay, wait. It's a bone in your body. It can doesn't mean it got, like, embedded in your oh, brain I thought, or anything. Oh, like, cracked open. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> what kind of weapon do you think this man had? A hacksaw? Oh, I, I got confused. I thought, oh, it cracked no. open. No. Oh, that's Oh, wild. I'm sorry, people. That was wild. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's what I thought. Well, how the hell did she hear it crack then? She could hear crack, Can but you? It, it didn't pop open like a oh. grape. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. So. So he continues to so beat. So this guy's. Jimmy. Jimmy is oh. just beating the hell out of Jimmy. Oh. And so Mary's running in the other direction again. She came upon an old model car parked by the side of the road. Now, it was facing oh, Jimmy's car. no. But it was empty. It was his car. Well, yeah, but she didn't realize that at the time. Oh, which, Lord. Well, she was panicked. I'd be freaked, too, but she didn't think oh, about it. Oh, gosh. So then the stranger starts running after her and asks, what the hell are you running for? What And she's like, because you told me to. Well, you just beat the shit yeah. out of Jimmy. And tells her to run. Yeah. So she's like, dude, you told me to. And then he called her a liar. Oh, boy. Yeah. Kind of unhinged. Okay. Okay. So first of all, though. How does anybody know all this? It was just the two of them. Did she survive? Just, just, mm-hmm. just, just, I'm, right. I'm getting there. I'm okay. getting there. Mary got so scared that she stopped running and just froze in place. The stranger hit her in the head again oh. and split open her scalp. Another one. 
but not didn't crack her head. <laughs> didn't crack her skull. It just didn't it just crack. split it just split open her skin. Oh my gosh. Then this is ooh, he violated her with what she believed was the pistol or the muzzle of the pistol. Oh, what a psycho. Yeah. Could you imagine no. though, if it Mm-mm. went off? Oh no. He she begged him to ki- just kill her at this point. But he, he didn't. I know. He just up and left. Now, they think that uh, the headlights of a passing car may have scared him off. Okay. But Mary knew that she had to get help for Jimmy, so she took off running. She came to a house and pounded on the door. Okay, wait, wait, wait. So this this guy leaves them. Yeah, he takes off. He's gone. So Mary's got to get help for both of them. Okay. So she, you know, finds his house. You know, pounds on the door. Nobody Was it answers. His house? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so nobody answers. So, you know, she's still running, you know, by the road. Mm-hmm. Car comes along and doesn't stop. Okay. Which, I mean, I can't say that I would either. I mean, especially nowadays. nowadays no. no. Oh. <laughs> uh-oh. Oh. Ellie's turning into her mother. Oh, no. That's terrifying. Hey. So, <laughs> so she's at the house. Then nobody answered. You know, a car comes by, doesn't help her. You know, so she decides to go. Point, like, she's to, so she goes to the rear of the house. Okay. She still, you know, shouting and pounding on the door, and a man, the window. a man, finally answers the door. Uh oh. And he calls the police for her. Okay. In the meantime, Jimmy regained consciousness, and he instantly remembered what had happened. His glasses were gone. His blood was streaming down his face. He couldn't see. He had no pants. Oh jeez. But right. he did see headlights, so he made his way toward. The headlights. Yeah, and I would then stop felt, that. Ah, no, I'm no, kidding. I'd be like, "What is behind no you?" No Freaking Texas Chainsaw Massacre is behind you. No, thank you. Yeah. Mother face. <laughs> so he falls to the ground, but keeps crawling towards the car. <sighs> the car stopped, and a man and a woman were inside. And Jimmy asked him them to take him to the hospital, but they would not let him in the car. Mm-hmm. Not because Uh-oh. they were afraid of what could possibly be going on. But they didn't want to get blood in blood their car. Stains. They didn't want to get blood in oh. their car. Oh, oh, they're Have going you... to hell. <laughs> oh my gosh. They but are but the man said that he would call an ambulance. Wow. So they. Well. But because of Mary, an ambulance happens to pull up. Okay. Right away. That's right. This attack occurred outside of the Texarkana city limits. Oh. But three policemen showed up to the scene, along with the Bowie County Sheriff. Bill Presley, which is the author's father or grandfather, right? Yep. Elvis's. Elvis's. Oh my goodness. So, and the the book is The Phantom Killer by James Presley. So, the sheriff, Bill Presley, shows up and he gave the city police special permission because it was a large county and he had a small staff, so they were they were Mm -hmm. using city police in a county thing it's sure. i don't know jurisdiction stuff i don't know it doesn't really matter jimmy had been his skull had been fractured in three places and he was it didn't pop didn't off pop open no it didn't pop okay. open only like brains were right no mm. and he didn't run around going brain <laughs> no was he fast jeez oh, yeah those fast zombies yeah but he was in a coma for a week now, Mary told Sheriff Presley that the stranger was wearing a mask. In the movies, the killer is wearing a burlap sack with, like, eye holes oh, cut gosh. out, which is terrifying. 
That would scare the crap out of me. Yeah, but those are big. I'm assuming there's different sizes. Mm. There are holes cut out for the eyes and the mouth, and she said he sounded like a black man. Oh, jeez. Now, Mary's husband's alibi checked out. The police could not find anyone who could possibly have a grudge against Mary or Jimmy. No one wanted to hurt them. They're nice people. And when questioned, Jimmy said he didn't know the attacker and had never seen him before, but he thought he was white. So that's well, okay, great. He had a burlap. Well, his well, hands. His though. hands, right. But in the voice, you can usually tell if a person is white or black by their voice. Sure. I mean, usually. There's some that, like, really throw you. But. And but I suppose you're really not paying attention to the hands. And, I mean, it's I don't know. going right. so fast. That right. Holy um, cow. So, but he said he thought the attacker was <laughs> white and not more than 30 years old. How tall. I don't know. I don't know. Tall. Close to six feet, but he didn't see a mask. He didn't see the guy's face, but he didn't see a mask either. But you also have to think, he had the light shown in his face, so he was blinded. He okay. didn't have his glasses. Yeah. He didn't see what was... I mean, yeah, even if my without my glasses, I could tell if the person's white or black. I could, yeah. I'm white not, like, and Asian, I would necessarily wouldn't know. White and Hispanic, I wouldn't necessarily know. But white and black, you could pretty much tell. Right. Um, no one really knows why they had, been atta- they had been attacked. Mary wasn't technically raped. Oh, she was God. violated, but yeah. so that there wasn't that, and they had the guy hadn't gotten more than twenty dollars. I don't know the conversion rate for today's money, but all that for nothing. I know. Now Mary was so afraid that she moved away to Frederick, Oklahoma, to live with her aunt and uncle, and Jimmy moved to Shreveport, Louisiana. He had major PTSD because of this. Which oh. I can't blame him. Okay, I would too. The police had absolutely no leads. Now we're going to go on to a different victim. We have Richard Lanier Griffin, 29. He was in the Navy, and he returned home from the war. He was stationed in the South Pacific, which makes me think of like the musicals. Mm-hmm. And on March 23rd, Richard picked up Holly Ann Moore, who was 17. Okay, and how old is he? 29. Oh, that's a problem. That is First of all, a that's, crime. Yeah, that's illegal. I would think, was it a crime back then? I don't know. No, Things well, were a little loose back yeah, then. Yeah, people could get married at like 14. Too. Yeah, but that's with parents' permission. I don't know. I guess I it's know. the States, and this is the South. True. Just a little different there. The South in the 40s. I don't know. Right. But that just sounds gross. It just really sounds gross to me. But he took her out to dinner and a movie, because there really wasn't much else to do at this time. And they ended up in a lover's lane afterwards. Of course. A little while later, oh, no. a car pulled up, and they may have thought it was just another couple, I'm sure. Yeah. man appeared at the window and pointed a gun at them. Oh, gosh. Told Richard to take off his pants uh-huh. and shot him twice in the back of the head. Oh. He shot Polly twice outside of the car mm. on a blanket. Ooh. Blood had soaked into the blanket and the ground beneath it. He moved Polly's body into the car, and her body was in the slumped into like a a seated position. And Richard's body was in the back seat, leaning forward, like kind of in the middle between the seats and face down. Well, yeah, but he was leaning. The body was like in the back seat, but he was kind of like between the seats, leaning forward, and his face like down. Didn't have a face. Well, I don't. 
I guess it depends where it goes. I, I don't know. Ugh, mm. I don't know. And there was no sign of sexual assault or beating. At 9 a.m. the next morning, a passing motorist saw Richard's car and wondered why it would be in that spot in the morning. Lover's Lane area in the morning. And he went to check it out. After he saw what was inside of the car, he called the police. By the time Sheriff Presley arrived at the scene, it was surrounded by onlookers. No one had cordoned up the area. So any evidence could be gone. People traipsing through. People leaving their own evidence. Evidence and stuff. They didn't do that back then, though. Oh, that's true. But it wasn't good. Blood was all over the inside of the car because that Mm. was where Richard had been shot. And Presley thought that the killer had to have gotten blood on himself. You would think. Oh, right. Especially after Polly. And both, both Richard and Polly were shot in the back of the head. Rain did wash away some of the evidence. And like I said, you know, police officers and onlookers had destroyed the rest by traipsing through the area. There was no suspect, no motive. The bullet was a 32, but that was all they had. The police offered a $500 reward, which is $6,000 today, Mm. for the information leading to an arrest and conviction. Texas Rangers were dispatched to join in the investigation. Mary heard about the killing, and she called the police. She told them she thought the murders were related to her attack, but they would not listen to her, of course. 1940s police, you know, she's just a dame. Oh, it's probably, it's probably a little late for that. But, you know, she's just a woman. She doesn't know. Hysterical, crazy woman. I'm surprised that they didn't kind of connect the yeah, two. I, I mean, for police officers, wouldn't you? You would be amazed. Yeah, I amazed <clears throat> at some of the stuff that they do not put together. Like, what's, it going, what's going on in Texas right now? I, pretty sure there's a serial killer in texas what's going on in texas all these young like kind of college age guys are drowning you know it's, i've heard of that a while ago well, too that that would mm, happen that was happening around the college towns in wisconsin mm-hmm. like all around this one like river it's so there's something called the smiley face killers well there aren't, aren't the guys like drinking and stuff and then they can't not necessarily not all of them yeah. some of them do but i'm gonna cover that too the smiley face Ooh. killers because some people believe there's a serial killer or a group of serial killers or they're they're oh doing gosh. a group of attackers, but that's a whole different story. Wow. So I'm going to cover that because that's just insanity. That's probably wow. going to be a two-parter because there's and just so much going, going on. on though. Yeah, and I mean, just a different area now. Really? So mm-hmm. that's happening. I see. I don't watch the news. So yeah, there's some there's a documentary <clears> that I have <throat> to rent. I have to find it again. Uh, these two like retired I think FBI agents or police officers truly believe they investigate this and they are convinced that there's a serial killer. Well, current police officers think that it's not, but why would you panic people? And it's a whole thing. Well, and so, everything is, oh, don't panic people. Right. Let them know yeah, what's happening. I hate that. Oh, I, I hate know. that. Let's We're not going to give you any information. We're not no. going to panic you. Oh, I'm sorry. Why don't, why don't you let me decide what, you know, what give me the information. Know. Give me the information, and I'll decide if I want to panic or so not. So do they think it's related? I don't know. I don't know. I haven't really had the chance to look into that yet, mm-hmm. but I'm going to. Anyways, back okay, to the story. Sorry. So, Mary. Poor Mary. Didn't listen to Mary. Mm. Now, we're now on Friday, April 12th. We have James Paul Martin, who's 16. People call him Paul. He was a junior at Kilgore, Texas High School, and he drove more than 100 miles to Texarkana. He had grown up in Texarkana, but his parents moved to Kilgore when he was 11, but he still had a lot of friends in the area, so he mm-hmm. still hung out there a lot. Mm. 
And this night, he hung out with his friend, Tom Albritton, who was staying at his house for the weekend. Now we have Betty Jo Booker. She's 15. She played the saxophone at a local orchestra. Cute. Yeah. She is on it. Her brother was born with brain damage and died mm. at the age of 16. Aww. And her her father died in a car accident at age 30 when wow. Betty Jo was only two years old. Hmm. So she was very, very close to her mother. Now, Paul planned to pick up Betty Jo after the concert. She played at the VFW Center. Isn't that cute? Yeah. That's just wholesome. <clears throat> little girl playing little the Betty saxophone jo. in her yeah. little orchestra band. Yeah. She's probably about, you know, four foot 11. Right, and... like 95 pounds. <laughs> yeah. I just imagine her with, like, short, little, like, curly brown yeah, hair. Yeah. Hair, yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> so they were going to stop at a sleepover that Betty Jo's friends was having. Yeah, innocent wow. kids hanging out. So after Paul picked her up, they decided to drop off Betty Jo's expensive saxophone at her house. Okay. But on the way there, they oh, stopped no. by Spring Lake Park. Oh, guys. Oh. Is it later? Oh, early in the morning, yeah. Betty Jo's mother realized that Betty Jo was not home. Oh, no. And her saxophone wasn't there either. Jeez. They didn't even make it? No, because they stopped at the like little lover's lane before First? while they were on, because oh. they were going to... Go to her house, drop off the sex phone, then go to the party. But first, they stopped here. A little frisky. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> like, she's 14, man. Oh. Or 15. 15, 14. Okay, wait a minute. She's too young for this crap. But then again, back in that day, she was 15. But, back, you know, back in that time. So, Betty Jo had always kept her mom informed of where she was going, what she was doing. Sure. Not this time. So the mom called Betty Jo's friends, but no one had seen her. She didn't make it to the sleepover. Uh, Yeah. So poor poor Betty Jo. Poor mom. Now, Mr. and Mrs. G.H. Weaver. That doesn't sound fancy. And their son, they were driving near the park Mm. on their way to visit some relatives. They saw the body of a male lying on the ground. With no pants on. The head and torso were in the grass, like the leaves Mm. and the grass and everything. And the feet and legs were lying in the road. They did not stop. They went to the nearest house oh. and had them call the pl- or call the sheriff That's because smart, they didn't though. have 911. They didn't have cell phones back then. Uh, well, did they have that? No, I don't think they did. Uh, yeah, so they just went to the nearest house. They're like, nope, this doesn't look good. Well, that's smart. Right. People and then, nowadays are Google help. Yeah, well, and then they not. get killed. I don't know. I don't know. It could go either way. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, and it's never a mannequin. <laughs> People always say, oh, look like a mannequin. It's never a mannequin. No. That so. would be that would be a terrible joke. Oh, I just, Being no. Mm. Nope. So Sheriff Presley and the Texas side chief of police, Jack Reynolds, were called to the scene. They identified the body as that of Paul Martin by his ID. He had been shot four times. Ooh. Once. In the head. No, it entered the back of his neck mm. and emerged through the front of his skull. The second one was the back of his left shoulder. Third was to his right hand. And the fourth was in his face. Oh. But for what? It's not like the guy's getting money. Right. They believed that he had been shot on one side of the road, and he had crawled to the other side based on the blood evidence at the scene. Mm -hmm. Like a deer. Yeah. His car was located near the railroad tracks about a mile from his body. And a date book of Paul's had been found in the bushes in the area. Hmm. So, people 
a few people knew that Betty Jo was with Paul that night. Oh, So yeah. once news of Paul's murder had spread mm-hmm. through the town by word of mouth, it came out that Paul may have given her a ride home from the concert. People, oh, so she was... So well, people what? began looking for Betty Jo. Yeah. Her body was found a mile oh, away damn. from where the police had found Paul. She I was, thought maybe... Mm-mm. She was lying on her back. She was fully clothed. She had a full-length coat that was buttoned, and her right hand was inside of a coat pocket. Weird. I mean, she was obviously posing. It's a, she looked like right. she was sleeping. It's very strange. Psycho. She had been shot twice, mm. once in the heart and once in the head. And the angle of the bullet suggested that the gunman was right-handed and had faced Betty Jo when he killed her. Oh. The autopsy showed vaginal bruising on Betty Jo. So, and she had had her coat off at some point because a leaf was po- found between her coat Whoa. and the blouse that she was wearing. Oh, so he, so he dressed, dressed her? her. Mm-hmm. You sick. Now well, people began to panic. There were four deaths in yeah. three weeks, and they were exactly three weeks apart. Mm. The FBI did confirm that the same firearm had killed all four victims. A few months later, a former resident told police that he had seen an old model car coming out of the area of the park at about 6 a.m. He heard gunshots and then a car starting. So the car drove for about 100 yards, then turned and headed toward the black section of Texarkana. I guess there was still, like, a black section and a white section of the town. So, wait, so he heard all this? Did he call the police? No, because he didn't think anything of it. No, he didn't think anything of it. That's what usually, or people, they don't want to get involved. No, well, I, yeah, I know. Just call the I police. Know. Don't tell So the funerals became citywide events. Oh. Hundreds attended. There's the family and the friends, you know, people they went to school with, and people who were just damn nosy, huh. which, yeah. Gross. And... The Gazette began calling him the Phantom, which is where we get the Phantom Killer. Now, we had additional Texas Rangers that were sent to Texarkana, because obviously the locals could not handle this. Anyone who had even the remotest connection to the victims or the case was questioned. Anyone with an arrest record or a shady reputation was questioned. They didn't care about the age, the race, the gender. They They questioned everybody they possibly could. Reporters from out of state flooded in. So the police set up a sting operation. They had an undercover male officer sit in unmarked cars in Lover's Lane with female mannequins. They had to have the mannequins shipped in from out of state because they didn't want to tip off the killer. Okay, why didn't they have police women? I don't know. Probably not. Hmm. They hoped to track the, the killer with this, but it didn't work. So couples stopped hanging out together outdoors at night. You know, everyone That's closed. Good. Everyone closed their curtains, locked their doors, because they didn't lock the doors at the time. Yeah. People bought guns and guard dogs, and they kept knives or bats nearby, which, hey, go for it. Yeah. Curfews were put in place, and like teenagers traveled in groups and even took guns with them. Stay home. Police... <laughs> the police focused on a man they called Sammy. So we had... They did plaster of Paris casts of car tracks taken near the Spring oh. Lake Park. And they matched Sammy's tires. But how many people that's what I'm thinking. Tire. How many right, especially back then, how many people yeah, what were the choices? Right. Well, Sammy was a black man, about thirty five years old. He had no record. He denied knowing of the murders until everyone else knew about them. Yeah. And he didn't own a thirty two a gun that shot like shot thirty two bullets. bullets. I was gonna say thirty two pistols. What? Uh, <laughs> He took the polygraph three times and failed all three times. Oh. But here's my question. Who says he failed? 
did he really fail? Did they just tell him he failed because they wanted to make him nervous and coerce him to confess? I just, I don't like polygraphs. I don't trust them. I don't believe them. So Sheriff Presley, though, was not convinced that Sammy was the killer. So they had a psychologist come and hypnotize Sammy. Turns out that Sammy had lied about not being near the park because he was trying to hide an affair, which makes sense. And Sammy was cleared. So two separate women... It's just, it's now, it's, it's, a sh- it's become a sideshow now. Mm. Two separate women called the police with tips they had gotten from their dreams. Oh, boy. Yeah. Residents shot at others who were maybe by their house, and they didn't identify oh. themselves quickly enough. I mean, it was chaos. Just chaos in this area. Now we have Virgil and Katie Starks. You know, these same people, they would go absolutely berserk today. Oh, I, oh, you know I know. how many killers are walking the street? And now... We don't know. No. They I mean, say, I can't remember. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, every couple seconds or minutes. Or there was like, you you pass like 50 killers in your mm-hmm. lifetime. I'm, I don't know. Yeah, I think it I, might be more than that. But I mean, And they say there, and then there's so many active serial killers working today. It's like, yeah, we well, believe it. watch the news. It's just. Oh, and there's all these missing people that you never uh, find. Yeah. How many of them are victims of serial killers? Right. And then you have, you know, people living on the streets that mm-hmm. don't really have ties to anyone or you have sex workers that people may or may not report being missing well they, they just found the long island serial killer which they, how long was that going on oh long oh a while um let me see but yeah there's like a documentary about him there's it's yeah because they just found this guy. I don't know how many years. Let's find out how many years this has been how going on. How many people on. did he kill? Let's see. Uh, between 1996 and 2011. 1996. Oh, All right, wow. according to Wikipedia, they're also called the Gilgo Beach serial killings. Um series of murders between 1996 and 2011 in which the remains of up to 18 people were found on the south shore of Long Island, New York. Now they're saying, so George, Joel Ripken was sentenced for the murders, but he's also, I just don't know. I don't know. Um, but now they're saying the guy that they arrested for this now, his name is Rex. Ooh. Hewerman? Yeah, so it's, it's, I don't know. It's pretty insane. They found him by DNA from leftover pizza he threw in the trash. Ooh, okay. Wow. So, all right. So now back to this story. We have Virgil and Katie Starks. They had grown up together. They were celebrating their 14th wedding anniversary. I cannot imagine. This would only be my fourth can't imagine 14 years. Can you imagine like 50 or 60? No, nope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nope. Wow. So they were celebrating the 14th wedding anniversary in the Mar- in March of 1946. Both were 36 years old. They had no children, but they were very close to their nieces and nephews. That's nice. They lived on a farm about 10 miles east of, Tex- of Texarkana. They lived on US 67, which is a major highway connecting Texarkana and Little Rock, Arkansas. That evening, about before nine, 
Arkansas State Troopers Max Tackett and Charlie Boyd, they drove along Highway 67. They noticed an old model car parked across the railroad track off of a dirt road. But they were in a hurry to turn in their expense reports. There's a deadline. So they decided to go back and check on the car oh, when they were done sure. doing this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, Virgil was sitting in a recliner listening to the radio and reading the paper. His, he was having back problems, and his back was hurting, so he was sitting there with a heating pad. Katie had gotten ready for bed, and she had just laid down when she heard a noise outside. Oh, so now this dude's coming to houses? Mm-hmm. Well, nobody's staying outside anymore. Oh. She called to Virgil to see if he had heard anything, because I would have done the same thing. I would be like, Corey, did you hear that? But no response. Oh, God. The stranger, yeah, well, the stranger oh. appeared outside the window behind Virgil. He had a twenty-two pistol, oh. and he was... Be- Hmm. He was about 18 inches from the pane where he could see the back of Virgil's head. Mm-hmm. And he shot, and he pulled the trigger twice, shot Virgil. Oh, psycho. Katie heard glass breaking. I hope she had a And thought weapon. that Virgil had dropped something. So she got up to check on him and found him slumped forward in his chair. Oh. She saw blood and the bullet holes in yeah. the window. Then turned and ran to the phone, which the phone was on the walls, the really rotary yeah. phones back in those days. Yeah. <clears throat> God, those are gone. Get a gun. So before she could reach it, the killer fired twice at her. Oh. One of the bullets entered her cheek, and oh, the ooh, other ooh. entered her lower jaw, knocking oh. out several teeth. Jesus. Can you imagine, like, having had a face This woman's a badass. She's a badass. Oh, she fell to the floor and she played dead because she was afraid the serial killer was still there. Or the, the killer yeah, was still there. Yeah. She eventually, she began crawling toward the back of the house until oh, she okay. thought she was out of view of the window. Uh, okay. So she thought. She made her way back to the bedroom where they kept a gun in one of the dresser Ooh. drawers. But she couldn't find it. Shit. That's why you always have to have it you easily accessible. It. What, you she heard, it? I don't know. She heard a noise in the kitchen and when oh. she got when she got there, she saw a man climbing through the window of the screened-in back porch. She ran through the house and out the front door. Wow. She was only wearing a nightgown. She was barefoot and covered in blood. Ouch. She ran across the highway and the railroad tracks to get to her sister and brother-in-law's house, oh. but they weren't home. Oh. So then she had to run to a house 50 yards away. Wow, she's in good shape. Mm-hmm. So it turned out to be the house of A.V. Prater. The initials, man. Nobody uses their names back then. He recognized well, could Katie. Could you imagine what their names were? Well, who knows? Yoy. He recognized Katie and he opened the door for her. So she grabbed his oh, rifle yeah. and he fired it into the air to signal his neighbors. Okay. Which, I mean, can you imagine that? They probably had this plan. If anything happens, shoot the air, wall, come running. Well. Which, hey, cool. Yeah. Good so, idea. Prater and his neighbor, Elmer Taylor, drove Katie to the hospital. On the way, Katie's... Dude, she is so freaking cool. She spit out a gold tooth and handed it to Elmer for safekeeping. <laughs> that shit was expensive. It's not cheap. Yes, yes. So My the, grandma had gold teeth. Yeah, so I was like, Back here you go. Day, Could you imagine? Here, you hold this. Back in the day, like the funeral people, they used to... Well, what I've heard, they oh, used sure, to take I'm the sure. teeth out. Oh, I'm sure. The gold teeth. Yeah. You can, can you, use that. Yeah. Oof. Oh, gross. Derek's had gold teeth. That's fascinating. Mm-hmm. He doesn't look that old. 
Well, no, and I can't. He's not that old. I don't know why. How did that why? happen? I don't know why, but I thought that was a little bizarre. It is. I thought those were done with. But yeah, anyways. That's weird. Mm -hmm. So no. money for that? Yeah, right? Oh, the hell? How does he have money for that? <laughs> Take out his damn tooth and sell it. I need some shoes. Mama needs some shoes. <clears throat> that's right, honey. So the state troopers are now back in the area of the Starks' home when they received a call on the radio. They also noticed that the old model car they planned to check on was gone, which, good job, guys. Good job. Yeah, no kidding. They were the first officers at the scene, <laughs> and they realized that the car they had seen must have belonged to the killer, which, mm. I mean, mm, no shit. Okay. So, you know, bravo. Bravo, yeah, you yeah. freaking Barney Fife officers. <laughs> Soon, dozens of officers from both sides of the state line were there, and they trampled all over the crime scene, destroying any possible evidence, which... Do better. Just do better, people. A blockade was put up on Highway 67 for several miles in both directions. Several men and occupants of cars in the general vicinity were picked up for questioning. I mean, anybody they saw, like, you. No, you look at like you that could be point. There. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're just... I don't think grasping at straws. At that point, the person would just be walking around. Who knows? I don't so, know. After a killing, I think I'd have to go, you know, like... Well, so here's the thing, though. Rest. Nothing... <laughs> <laughs> well, can you imagine though? I mean, that's got to be what's what's the word? Like when you go, yes, people, stressful, I mean, yes, exhausting, yes. I mean, but I can if you're just imagine. shooting, I think it's the adrenaline. I think you get a kick of adrenaline, and when the adrenaline wears off, it, you're right. Like, All right, I I'm would tired. assume that that's what it would. I need be a nap. Like. Yeah. Need a nap. So oh, I forgot to tell you. So okay, uh -oh. the whole saxophone thing. Okay. Uh, Betty Jo. Mm -hmm. There's a scene in the movie. Where, so Betty Jo has a saxophone. Well, they make it look like she has a trombone. You know, the ones that go, yeah. you know, that you can, like, the sliding thing. No, it's not. No. So, in the movie. Don't tell me. In the movie, the killer ties, like, a knife to, like, the end of the, sa oh. the trombone. And, like, when they play it, he, like, stabs on him in the back of the head. It's so lame. It is so, so lame. And but it's that like, didn't happen. No. That's why it's loosely based on a real yeah, event. Yeah, I mean, I it was so want to watch it was that. so dumb. It was dumb. They don't know the difference between a saxophone. They do, and... but it just wasn't. It didn't. So they didn't it have didn't fit their purpose. They had that other. Thing. She had the trump. No, she right. They had the trombone. Right. It didn't suit their purposes. So no. didn't freak anybody out enough. Oh, All right. So okay. Nothing had been stolen from Katie's house. Her purse was on the bed. Money and jewelry were still in it. Hmm. The police found what they believed to be the killer's bloody footprints on the linoleum floor. They followed the footprints to where the car had been seen. So that was the killer's car. The killer dropped a red flashlight outside the hedge beneath the window, but there were no fingerprints on the flashlight. So they couldn't have done anything with that. Now, in late June, Trooper Max Tackett went to meet a farmer who had called to complain about a tenant who had, oh. didn't pay his rent. Well, why didn't So okay. while there, <clears throat> Tackett took down the license plate number of the car the tenant had left on the property. And turns out that the car had been stolen on the night of March 24th, which is the weekend of the Griffin Moore murders. The tenant was Ewell Swinney, who was 29. So when the police finally apprehended him, he asked the police not to shoot him. <laughs> Tackett replied he wasn't going to shoot him for stealing cars. Right. So Sweeney said, Mr., don't play games with me. You want me for more than stealing cars. I will spend the rest of my life behind bars this time. Tackett's like, what the hell? Shut up. What is your problem? Yeah, oh, yeah dummy. 
Yeah. I mean, but but seriously, keep, right. keep saying stupid. Keep saying stupid killers, please. Keep being stupid. So Sweeney kept asking questions and making statements like, you know, like the previous one. He kept asking if he would get the electric share and said, "I know what you want me for." And then he asked if he would be lucky enough to get to get out in 25 years. And I was like, "What are you talking about?" Well. The cop doesn't seem so bright either. Well, n- no, he's Barney Fife. <clears throat> Police also arrested Ewell's wife, Peggy, for car theft. Oh. Now, because of these statements and the date of one of the cars, and the date one of the cars was stolen, cor- like, right, corresponded with, or correlated with the time of one of the murders, police began looking at Sweeney for the murders. When Peggy's lawyer visited her, he told Sweeney he was being held for murder. And, or, no. He told Peggy, because Peggy's Sweeney. So Peggy's lawyer visited her and said, hey, you know, wait, your husband your husband's being held for murder. And she blurted out, how'd they find out? Oh, my God. Well, an officer overheard this. Oh. So Peggy gave several statements to the police, placing Yule oh. in the areas at the times of the murders. She stated that she was present when Yule oh. robbed and killed Paul and Betty Joe. Described what happened in detail. Oh. She knew details only the police knew, such as the location of Paul's date book. Remember, oh. it was bald away from the body in the bound away from, in the bushes. Mm. So she knew these details that no one else could have known. Well, right. But since Peggy and Ewell were married, Texas law mm. stated she couldn't be forced to testify him. Right. And they both viewed themselves to be like Bonnie and Clyde. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now Ewell was arrested at the age of 12 for being part of a group of children stealing and selling items to a junk shop for smoking and spending money. He had a long record of robbery, assault, auto theft. All around great guy. Yeah. Eventually, he was tried and convicted in 1947 of the auto of auto theft under the Habitual Criminal Act and sentenced to life in prison. For stealing cars? Just being in life in prison? Well, and just being a habitual criminal. Like, you know, obviously, this guy is not going to change. He's ramped up what he's doing but but stealing cars does not equate well yeah look at nowadays look at today yeah you kill you get more time for attempted murder than you do for murder um it's it's just it's like do you know how many kids are stealing cars now and they get slapped on the wrist well look at chicago chicago's a cesspool i mean and then and then this guy gets like life for that which is wonderful but i mean these kids Steal cars every Kill day. people, run people over. On the ri- well, you can't do anything. No. Those poor kids. Well, but they just don't have, they didn't They didn't have adults in their life, which is true, but we all oh. have a moral compass. I would say, how many people really grew just up in a feral children family? And we were feral when I was a kid, so, <laughs> you know, one of those things. Oh, God. Oh, that's just. But it just. You know, Gen X. Gen X, we're, we're just feral children. Yeah. But apparently I'm not Gen X, because the, the little the what point moves. I'm a geriatric millennial, which is bullshit. Oh. I'm a freaking Gen X. <laughs> I was Gen X until they moved the now bar. geriatric? Geriatric millennial, or, or older millennial, which is, no. They just didn't know what to name My you? year. My year is like the cutoff year. I'm like, no, no, no. Oh, no. they no, just no, didn't no. know what to name you. Well, right. I'm a baby boomer. Are you though? Yeah, because they may have changed that too. Oh, I'll we'll have to check on that because you yeah. you might be, I don't even know. You oh. might be Gen X, oh. so I don't. Yeah, it's oh. it's <clears throat> they just change things. I don't know. But no, I came from the generation of feral children, which obviously this guy was a feral child as well. Wow. But it's a good thing you guys all turned out well. 
Gen X, 1965 to 1980. Wow. It goes all the way from 65 yeah. to 80? Yep. So, mm. which is bullshit. But anyways. Um, okay, habitual... Ooh, where am I? Where am I? Where am I? Okay. So, the police could not use Peggy's statements against him, and they didn't have any physical evidence to link Yule oh, to the murders. So they charged him with what they could. Well, wait, but all those statements that he was saying? So, I mean, I don't know. So, Yule fied for, fied, filed for an appeal under the writ of habeas corpus, stating that he had not been represented by an attorney in his original trial. The state claimed that he did have counsel, but but the record was silent as to the name of his attorney. So he's saying he didn't have an attorney. He was not advised of his right to have an attorney. He was in, indigent at the time, so it should have gotten him a public defender. Right. Well, whereas the state is saying, oh, no, no, he did have an attorney. We just don't know his name. But we don't know who he is. <laughs> where, where was he? I don't know. <laughs> Through all this. I mean... Right, so it leads me to believe... Oh, gosh, they screwed up. Yeah, he probably didn't have an attorney. But they know he's guilty. I know, but then they... are just going to keep watching well, him, right, so... But, so... <sighs> the court saw no reason to deny the writ, and he was released on October 16th, 1973, at the age of 56. Now, it's also important to note that during the trial, like during the appeals trial, many of the key witnesses didn't... They were... Things had faded. They forgot things. Okay, they wait, wait, remember. hold up. So he didn't, they didn't know who his attorney was? Who was there representing him? Probably nobody. So and who the states, talked? I mean, and the who? state's just saying that, yeah, he had an attorney. We just can't tell you the name of the attorney. It's just, things were pretty loose back in the 40s. So did did he get any, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Legal advice? Yeah. Uh, probably not. So he just sat there when... The attorney and like the police department I, on one side, and he's like all by himself. I wasn't there. Who, I wasn't born. You weren't born. I'm just saying, but who was asking the questions? <laughs> I don't know. Who was, I don't know. Wow. All right. Wow. So now he's released. Okay. But like I said, by the time you know all these appeals trials were going yeah. on, people are like, I don't remember. Or you know, your memory's faded. It gets a little hazy. I'm like, oh, it's a little foggy oh, back then. No. I don't remember what I did yesterday. So you know. Yeah. No kidding. So that happened. So it's the 70s now, and he's out. Now, so is he, he was, okay. So he was in his but, 50s and the 70s? But, yeah. Okay. But he was back in prison in 1975 for counterfeiting money. Less than a month later, he escaped. Jeez. He was assigned duty on an outside work detail at a prison dairy farm Great. and just walked away. <laughs> he ended up at the office of a former employer trying to get money that he said was due to him. And give him the money and let him go. Yeah. And the so oh you know, the, the person there called mm-hmm. the police and was like, dude, no, I don't owe you shit. I'm and surprised he let him call the police. I don't know how that came about, but she ended up calling the police. The police arrested him there. He was sentenced to two years for escape to be served after he completed his two year term for counterfeiting. Okay. So he was in and out of jail until he died of lung cancer. But never September. for murder. N- no. I mean, he murders, well, supposedly murders all these people. Yeah. And you know, so, yeah, 
but he was in and out of jail until he died of lung cancer on September 15, 1994. Record, relatives did not claim his body, so it was donated to the University of Texas Health Farm. Service Center, which uses cadavers for teaching purposes. So I wonder then. So they think he, I mean, it's pretty, they think he did it, but they can't prove that well, he did it. And the murders did stop. Okay. That's what I was going to say. Did the murder stop? The murder stopped. Well, then, apparently. So then, apparently, they had the right guy. Oh, my God. So. What a cluster full of mistakes. Yeah. It's like every time, everywhere you turn around, oh, like, they gosh. obviously weren't equipped to deal with a situation like no. that. It's, yeah. Wow. It's just not, it's an all-around bad scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't, and so on Halloween every year. In Texarkana, in that little town, they have like a, a viewing of that movie. Because oh. is that supposed to be a scary movie? It's a horror movie, yes. It just, I mean, but I mean, it's loosely based on the events. It's pretty lame. I wouldn't go see that. Oh, right, I was saying, I don't know if it's I'd just, see it. Yeah, but yeah. that's that's the story of the Phantom Killer or the town that feared sundown. Like, yeah, I. Wow. As I say, I'd be fine because I don't. I'm a homebody, but then again, but no, yeah, Virgil and Virgil and Katie, yeah, poor Virgil, poor Katie. I wonder how she, that face, oh, shot in the face. She could still be alive. Um, in the forties, she's thirty six. Probably not. No, I can't even imagine how many health issues she had then with that bullet in her face. Well, I'm sure she lost her jaw. I don't think she lost her jaw. She may have lost. And she get shot in the cheek? Yeah. And where else? And it, it just went poof. Knocked out some How? Poof. I don't think it was a poof. No. No, probably not. Oh, what was that? (laughs) What was that? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So that is that. That is, that is, that is the story. Wow. So that's, that was interesting. I will. So, yeah. That's sad. Think twice when you go on a date. Don't park at a lover's lane. Don't. As the girls from Morbid say, fresh air is for dead people, so don't do it. Just don't do it. Stay in the stale old home air with all your windows locked and closed, all your shades and blinds drawn. I was like that a few years. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. That's called COVID. Oh, jeez. Yes. Oh, my god. Yeah. That was, that's something completely different. That's yeah. freaking out over nothing, really. But, Ooh. hey, man, I those said it. I said it, and I stand by it. Right. I don't know. <laughs> so thank you so very much for listening. And uh, until next time, stay safe and stay strange. <laughs>